Welcome to Two 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 Bearable Podcast, coming to you from six feet above Toledo, Ohio, in Studio One A. <laughs> the Two 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 Bearable Podcast with your host Jen and Joe. Welcome everybody. Hi, listeners. We missed you. How's your week been? Good. I hope. Yeah. I hope you, something spooky happened to you. Get out and ghost hunt. <laughs> Where have you been ghost hunting? Yes. Um, I have seen some really interesting. Um, new things coming about out about aliens. Yeah. About Area Fifty One. About um, just really strange like conspiracy type things. I I guess I'm just lost on the TikTok rabbit <laughs> hole right now about all about aliens and things. Yeah. So you know, we didn't forget our our UFOlogists. UFOlogists. <laughs> no, but um. We, this is just so interesting and, and I'm just so excited about this, Joe. So, uh, you know, we, we go to many, many conventions. We meet a ton of people. Um, we run into them once or twice a mm-hmm. year and it's just really great. It's like, a you know, running into an old friend, but we have, strangely enough, you know, in our travels met, um, the gentleman who owns the haunted Beale, Beale House. Manor. And Carlos are, are, you know, like one of those people we've run into and it's always great to see him. And he's just like a really positive person and a great investigator and I really like his style of investigations. And he's been doing this a very, very long time, mm-hmm. like seven, like 17 or 18 <laughs> years. So, you know, he has, what do you call it? Skins in the game, right? Like, so, you know, this isn't just like, a flash in the pan type um i have a haunted house type guy right? yeah like this is really really interesting um place I'm, that he has since purchased i'm looking forward to finding out the story the backstory of the house and everything and i found the house on facebook i was scanning facebook and found the house and i i was like man i'd really like to talk to somebody about this house so i messaged them and I didn't even realize it was Carlos. I know. <laughs> and we uh, we were setting up a interview, and then and I found out it was him. I'm like, oh, awesome! Let's I get him on. You, I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just I don't want to be jealous, but I'm jealous. Like people are buying these <laughs> giant old mansions and manors, and and their activity, and I'm like, my goal, like. If I had like a ton of money, which I don't, <laughs> would be to find like an old giant Victorian home yeah. that used to be a funeral parlor and, you know, <laughs> like one of those show you know, manners you see on TV mm-hmm. where the family moves in because there's nowhere else to move into. And they find out eventually it was a former funeral home from mm-hmm. the 1800s. You know, I could write a whole novel about that, but um, I look at. The, he really did it. He really yeah, he found did this old house, and it's beautiful. It's funny because I look at houses like that, and I'm like, man, I'd love to have that. And could you imagine me fixing it up for Halloween? I can see it in my mind, having it all fixed up for Halloween with flames coming out of the roof and all that. And <laughs> and then <laughs> Christmas, have, have it all fixed up for Christmas. Yes. And, yeah, it's like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. And let's get Carlo on here and talk about the Beale House. And coming to us, to the 222 Paranormal Podcast, are D. 
dear old friend Carlo. Welcome to the show. It's been a while since we've seen hey you. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, good. It's good to see you again, brother. Yes. All our paranormal. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> all our paranormal peeps. You know, it's always nice to catch up with um, you know, people you run into once or twice a year, but you always have this like commonality and you know, uh, I think where did we first meet at? It was at a convention and you were giving a presentation. I think it was a library, wasn't it? It could have been. It might have been. There, I mean, it might have been a library or something like that. And then mm -hmm. I seen you guys at uh, the Tri C um, mm -hmm. Festival down in Lorraine. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then uh, then we did the Moundsville Prison that one time. Did you yeah. do Did you do an oddity show in Toledo ever? Uh, yes, I did. I think that's uh, the that first was, uh, time. Odd the odd, odd mall one yes. I think yes. yeah. <laughs> that's the connection yeah so joe and i yep. went in and, and listened to your presentation which was fabulous by the way it was really well done well thank you yeah but we are so excited to have you on the show and talk about the haunted bill man beal manor see i told you we can edit that <laughs> we'll edit yeah beal manor um i saw a picture of this place and it looks incredibly awesome large and very mm -hmm. spooky. <laughs> I I, looked, it <laughs> I was just telling Jen, you know, I'm off work for a couple of days and I'm like, I could have drove down there today. But, you know, <laughs> it, it is such a cool place. And I always, whenever I see something like this, I always think, man, I'd like to live there. You know? Right. Well, I could tell you the story behind that. <laughs> yes, let's hear it. We'd love to hear it. Well, it was actually not meant to be a haunted location. I actually bought it mm -hmm. to live in it, oh. just like anybody else would. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the, the reason I, you know, being a paranormal investigator for 17 years now, you know, going to some of the coolest places, you know, you could just imagine all the museums and all the places that you, everybody investigates. I always wanted a big house. Mm -hmm. You know, I collect weird things, you know, oddity things. And it'd be a nice place to display stuff. I just want a big house. And, and, and going to these locations, I was like, man, I'd like to find something like that. And I came across this place. It was an ad on, on Realtor.com. And it was literally two minutes from my house. Wow. And I drove up there and took a look at it. It was kind of out of my price range. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, man, you know, it, it was just like calling me and it was just like the weirdest situation and I put an offer in on it and the bank told me they won't give me the loan because it needs so much work. And, and every single day I would drive past this place and it was just like, like a magnet. I would go on realtor.com and keep Googling it, seeing if it's sold. And I am, you know, people just got sick of me even talking about it all the time. So one day I was like, you know, I want to go take a look at this one place one more time. And I'm going to put an offer in on it. And I threw him a low ball offer and he took it the next day. And oh. I'm, I'm talking oh. like a hundred thousand dollars less than what wow. he's even asked. Oh him. man. And I'm thinking, man, that's awesome. Now how do I come up with the money? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I had good credit and stuff. And so I did end up buying it, but it was not meant to be a, a place for people to come investigate. And that just all kind of fell into place by mm -hmm. on its own. Give us the kind of the physical layout of, of the structure, like how many bedrooms, how many floors? It's got five bedrooms, 
four bathrooms. Uh, there's a basement, the first level, the second level, which is extremely haunted. And I do not like going up there by myself. Mm-hmm. And then there's an attic to that. Okay. And I, I did notice like the incredible woodwork in there. It was beautiful. Like I love yeah. that old, old. I was, I was actually surprised they left it. Because a lot of people go in these houses, because the gentleman that had it before me, um, I just think that he wanted to kind of just paint it up and maybe live in it or whatever he was going to do. But, you know, I'm surprised he didn't paint over the woodwork because a lot of places that you go to, people destroy all that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still got the pocket doors and all that uh... in there. But, yeah, he left. Thank God he left all the woodwork original. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, when I first looked at it, when I first walked in, it was really weird because... I was walking through the house. I had no idea history of this place at all. I mean, nothing. And I, my whole focus was just to buy it, to live in it. And um, I'm walking through there and I've seen a sprinkler system throughout this whole building. And I'm like, that's weird because, you know, maybe whoever lived there before wanted a sprinkler system in there. I, I didn't had no clue what, you know, the only uh-huh. thing I actually heard about it was the realtor told me he thought it was a bed and breakfast for a couple of years. Uh-huh. So then I was thinking, okay, well, maybe... You know, they put a sprinkler system in there for that, you know, because it had like a fire alarm. It's got a whole firebox in there mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, it kind of drew me off. And then once I learned about the house, and I did a lot of research on it and I found out what it really was. Well, let's go back and, and talk maybe a little bit about the history of the house. It's mm-hmm. um, in Fremont, Ohio, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And was that a... a um, the, it, was it a historic home? When was it built? That kind of thing. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the land. Okay. Um, let me start there first. Sure. It's easier that way because you kind of have the property itself, just the land itself has some decent history to it. Mm-hmm. About a block and a half from the Beale Manor um, is where the new library sits. And back in 1813, there used to be a fort there called Fort Stevenson. Okay. And a battle took place back then where the Indians and the Canadians tried taking over the fort. Forty-five Canadians and Indians mixed together. I'm not sure which which is what, but mm-hmm. they passed, you know, they got killed outside the fort. And the battle would have taken place, you know, on this around this property area. I'm not saying anybody died there mm-hmm. on the property, but it would have been in this whole, you know, that whole area there where it took place. And then later in in the 1800s, President Hayes, Rutherford B. Hayes, mm-hmm. actually owned the land. Um, if you directly across the street on a diagonal to the left, actually sits the library, the the Hayes Library. His oh. house is there. He's actually buried there. When he passed away, his son sold off all that land around there, but they kept, you know, the library and things okay. that they were going to build there. So, you know, I, I always found that pretty cool, you know, just that the president actually owned some of that land there. Yeah. Back in then, in 1898, a gentleman named Jerome Beale, he moved uh, from Toledo to Fremont. He was a businessman. He owned a piano business here and a jewelry business. Um, he built the home. He lived there till 1922. He did not die in the home. He sold it to the, the Wolf family. He moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. There is an original piano uh, that he owned sitting in a garage. Uh, which I wish I could get in a house because it's it, but it's so heavy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, um, the Wolf family bought it in 1922. It was Clarence. He was a uh, Clarence Wolf was uh, a granary owner out in Lindsay, Ohio. And then uh, Daisy was just a housewife. They had children. 
Clarence got hit by a car in 19, like 42, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, right outside the house. Oh. And he was taken to the hospital. Uh, he did die in the home in 1944. Um, he, you know, he just got sick over time and it took a couple of years, I guess, after getting hit by a car, it just kind of took a toll on him. And then in 1966, Daisy Wolf did die in a house also. I have all documents on that. Um, so, you know, a lot of places don't can't find documents. I did a lot of research on this place because, you know, I, well, I'll go back to the ghost part of it. But, you know, after hearing things and stuff like that, I kind of wanted to know what was going on in this house. So I did a lot of research. So in 1970, the Lucas County Children's Group purchased the home. Um, they made it into a, uh, a home for sick children, unwanted children, um, kids that lost parents or were just troublemakers and mentally challenged, mentally retarded children back mm-hmm. then, but mentally mm-hmm. challenged children now mm-hmm. that you would call. And it was uh, a group home till 1992. And then in 19, uh, 1993, a gentleman bought it, made a bed and breakfast for a few years. And then in 2009, uh, the guy I purchased uh, off of, he bought it. He lived in it for like six months, then moved out um, and had it since from till now till last year I bought it in 2022. Hmm. So he owned it all those years and never even lived in it. Wow. A lot of, yep. a lot of different things happened in that house then because after all that history. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, now, when you were describing it, is the Hayes – President Hayes' house across the street from it, you said? Yeah, it's uh like Caddy Corner. If okay. you go to the left of the house, you you could go right through the gates and his house is sitting right yeah, there. Yeah, because I, when I was looking at the pictures, I'm like, man, this house looks familiar. And I was at that, at President Hayes' house in uh, museum and mm-hmm. I was looking around the neighborhood. I'm like, man, these are some nice houses. <laughs> and it that's where I saw it. I, I knew I recognized it, but right. I couldn't remember but yep that's where it's at you know so when you go back talking about the land and the battle that occurred on there we don't know but if there was any deaths on there that energy would be put into the ground and everything and and the history itself with being a battle Mm -hmm. the energy is there and everything which would Mm -hmm. cause hauntings sure absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah I haven't really discovered any like type of Indians or soldiers yeah. that are haunting the home, um, but there is um, Daisy Wolf is definitely there. Uh, Clarence is there, and there's children's spirits in the home. Mm-hmm. So, what is the general vibe of of the home? Is it um, just your general haunting? Is there maybe a darker feel to it? A lighter feel? Is it maybe different areas have different feelings? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I could tell you, uh, let me start with when I, so when I made this offer, um, this is what kind of led me to believe there was a haunting there. And I was trying to ignore it because I really, I I love paranormal investigating. I'll come to your house and investigate all day long, Mm -hmm. but I don't want spirits in my home. That's just the way I am. (laughs) So, so, um, I called the realtor up. And I asked him if I could come in and uh, see the house one more time. I want to take pictures just to make sure that, you know, kind of get an idea of what it's going to cost me to fix this place. So he let me in that day and I went, I started up in the attic and uh, when I got up there, I started taking photos and I heard somebody coughing and it sounded like they were coughing up a lung. And I'm like, geez, oh man, that guy's, he must smoke a lot. That's (laughs) my first thought. And uh, my, I know my girlfriend was downstairs with him, 
And I know she don't smoke, but man, it sounded like a smoker's cough. Wow. So, you know, I just kind of my own business, took pictures and I came downstairs and they're outside on the porch because it was in July. It was in uh, July. And uh, I asked them, I go, who was coughing? And they're like, nobody was coughing. I'm like, <laughs> that was really kind of weird. But oh my gosh. I maybe kind of threw it aside. Maybe somebody's walking down the street and they were coughing. I, I didn't, you know, I never even thought about spirits being there at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I made the purchase. Um, the first day I got my keys, I walked in the house and to the right, there's a dining room. And I, I went in there and I heard somebody walking around upstairs like like they were just moving around and i'm like man somebody's in the house so i called my girlfriend at the time and i was like hey um somebody's in this house she's like well maybe the guy has the keys to the house stone he's looking for something that kind of made sense and but i didn't see no car outside anywhere but i started yelling up the stairs and nobody answered i went upstairs and there was nobody there Wow. so like so it kind of made me think all right maybe there's some kind of residual spirits mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. i don't know i hope not because this is going to be my dream home you know and then uh another day i walked in as i turned the corner as i came through the doors i turned left i i looked up on the stairs and i swore i saw a boy standing there oh i got goosebumps when i looked down (laughs) i looked back up and he wasn't there and i'm thinking all right now i'm freaking myself out (laughs) and that was my first thought because you know like i said i I don't want to deal with spirits so I called these friends up from Pennsylvania. They came down and and uh, they were going to help me out with a few things. And they started telling me stories of stuff they were hearing. He had a recording of, he's like, I heard a guitar playing all night, like, yeah. like guitar string playing. And I'm like, really? And I started listening to it and it, it was the piano. You could hear like <gasps> the keys from the garage being tapped, you know, wow. here and there. So I'm like, all right, this is weird. And and they told me they heard a woman moaning in the house. And then it just kind of just all led to that. But for your question, um, the second floor of this house is absolutely 100% creepy. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't go up there by myself. Anytime I have to go there um, to meet people or whatever, Mm -hmm. I sit downstairs right by the chair by the door. It's just the upstairs has its own feeling it's its own little world up there it's really weird oh cool (laughs) yeah you know and being you've done this for so long in the paranormal world you know maybe the spirits just felt like okay this guy is going to be able to to see us unlike maybe some other people who were in the house or lived in the house that just weren't in tune with that do you think maybe that's possible could be that's possible it was really weird because when i seen that boy you know, I never really mentioned it to anybody, and um, I had a group in there one day, and this was like maybe a, not even a month after I seen that, and they were up in the attic, and the one woman, I kind of messaged everybody, say, hey, did you experience anything cool, you know, blah, 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 and the one woman says she's seen a boy with red hair walk into the attic and disappear, and that's exactly <sighs> what I saw. The, what oh, I imaged, cool. the image I seen was a boy with red hair, black suit, and a white shirt. And she said, she didn't describe the clothes, but he, she said he had uh, red hair. And she, I have a, a diary in there that for people to fill out when, you know, anything mm-hmm. they experienced. And before I even asked her that, she already wrote it in that book. Oh, so she kind of confirmed cool. what I actually saw. That's awesome. That's that is so amazing. Cool. That full-body apparitions right off the bat. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not expecting that, trust me. And, yeah. You know, that's the only time I've seen them. 
just on New Year's Eve, I had a New Year's Eve party there, and um, afterward, I told whoever wants to stick around to do a small ghost hunt. And this, the hair on my arms is standing up right now, <laughs> just talking about what I saw. So we were upstairs on that second floor, and there's this one hallway, and you always hear walking around back there, or something's going on back there. It, and so I'm sitting down, I'm looking down this hallway, and I seen this weirdest shadow person. It was about four foot tall. And the way it jittered, it almost like skipped, like up, like it was skipping and it jittered and it moved. Huh. And I'm like, uh, and I didn't, I had nothing to drink. It was New Year's. I don't drink anymore. So I was yeah. totally sober. Right. And I'm looking at, I'm like, did I just see that? And the girl behind me is like, I saw a shadow figure bound there. I'm like, holy cow, I saw oh it too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was it, the way it moved. And I've seen a lot of shadow figures over the years. This thing was like, it was like a static control. It was all black. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see the head, the shoulders, but it, the way it, it kind of jittered and then it, it like moved real quick. It was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Wow. Yep. And that whole area up there, you'll, you always hear something. You'll see shadow figures running across the hallway. Mm-hmm. I had somebody chase one and, and they got a recording. And he asked, uh, was that you I saw? And I said, um, what was the recording? Uh, whatever. I said, whatever. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's interesting because that's kind of a modern term. So you you would know mm-hmm. that spirit mm-hmm. is probably more recent. Could than, be, yeah. Than an, yeah, it could be. One. I mean, it. I mean, it, it's hard to say because you got to remember they were there till like 1992. Mm-hmm. I did talk to a local historian, and I asked them about deaths there, and he said that he has he has no, no idea if there any children died, but he did hear a boy might have committed suicide, or uh, had an accidental death. Mm-hmm. But it's all hearsay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where to even get documents because they were county-owned kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know about any deaths there, but there's definitely de- uh, spirits of children running loose in this place. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Uh, have you had any um, activity in and around the yard or the garage outside of the piano tinkling? Outside the yard? No. Um, I haven't heard anything um, from the outside part. I, the only thing I ever heard was the piano, and that's happened several times with seven, several different people, mm-hmm. but nothing um, like on the, in the grounds itself. Okay. With hearing that piano playing out in the garage, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned that you might want to bring it in the house. I wonder what kind of oh activity would ramp Can up. Can you imagine? <laughs> if you did bring it in. I might have to get some people carry it in there because I like to find out. Yeah. Come on, Joe. I, let's we'll get use a, our muscles. We'll let's get, get a piano-moving party together. <laughs> there we go. I'll bring that Mountain Dew. We'll get all jacked up on Mountain Dew and we can move a piano. That'll work. <laughs> but, you know, like, what kind of trigger objects are, are have you used in this? Have you used any, like, maybe something that would go back to the times of that era of the war uh was it 1812 1812 1812 yeah. Uh, yeah, 18, well the war took place in 1813 oh 13 mm-hmm. sorry yeah mm-hmm. but have you no, tried anything to nothing as to reference to the soldiers or the indians mm-hmm. um i've known a couple of people that were up there um they would use like the ovulus and like the word indian would come through or something like that but i don't know if there's any Indian spirits there or mm-hmm. um, Canadian soldiers at all. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried any trigger objects for that mm-hmm. um, because it's so active with the children yeah. that 
you know, we, I think we kind of focus on them. Okay. Um, I'm, everybody I come in there, I beg them to, you know, give me some sort of evidence and tell me a story because I feel like I'm their protector now. And I feel like I want to be their voice. I mm-hmm. want to tell their story of what happened there and what was it like being there. So that's what I'm kind of focusing on right now. And like you said earlier with the boy that came, that let him let you be seen or let him be seen by you. Mm-hmm. That does open up the thing where maybe you are a protector because he recognizes that you're open to the possibility of seeing them as a spirit. And it's like Jen said earlier about how you're open to it and accepting of it. So they know that you're not going to try to force them out or change something. So yeah, maybe you are their protector. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel mm-hmm. that, you know, I feel that energy, even though I'm kind of weirded out by going upstairs mm-hmm. to the second floor by myself. It's just, I think it's more of a, a conscience thing knowing that they're there. Yeah. But, um, I do feel like, you know, I want to be their protector, but mm-hmm. I definitely want to tell their story. And, yeah. you know, cause I, I remember I went to a, a flea market in Tiffin and I was walking around and there was, there was a, there was a gentleman set up that was making like wood carvings. And I was like, Oh, that'd be cool to put up a sign that says the Buell Manor out front of the outside of the house. And I walked up and I was talking to him for a little bit and he's like, Oh, where's this place at? And I told him exactly where it was at. And he's like, oh, man, I, I grew up right around the corner from there. And I'm like, oh, hold on here. <laughs> Let me, me get my recorder. Tell me a story because I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he told me that the only thing he's ever heard it was that it wasn't such a nice place. Mm. Oh. So, you know, does, does that mean they were just being abused? I don't know. Were they just being neglected? Because the home actually started off with having eight children in it. Mm. And then in, from what I read, they've had up to 25 children there. That's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, you, you remember it's all different walks of life. You had sick children, unwanted children, and mm-hmm. mentally retarded children. Mm-hmm. They had a live-in nurse, 24-7 nurse that lived there, took care of them, that helped take care of them. There was a couple, husband and wife, and they looked like the pictures I saw, they looked like they were 60 years old back then. So mm-hmm. I don't even know how they even took care of them. Yeah. You know, so it's really hard to say, you know, what happened in there. And being part of the state, you know, the state isn't always that great on keeping up on, you know, the money for the kids or food or stuff like that. And like you said, being all different types of children, I'm sure there were fights and everything going on. And even though they were probably, you know, the the people that are running the place could have been, you know, open hearts for these kids. But kids are kids and they're going to fight and they're going to, you know, have different things happen and who knows what happened in that house, yeah. especially being that many kids. No. Right. And I remember when I posted the uh, pictures and I was kind of promoting the place on Facebook, um, a lady wrote in and she said that she would visit her grandparents that lived in a house behind them hmm. behind, like there's an alley behind the house. And then they lived in a house back there and, and they told her never to go over there. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Wow. So, you know, yeah, it's hard to say exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. And it always makes me wonder why the kids would haunt locations like that. Maybe that was their safe place. Yeah. You know, maybe that Mm -hmm. was the one place that they felt safe if they were unwanted Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe it's a fostering situation or, you know, you never know. But sure. Because, I mean, they all grew up. But well, think about think about this. 
their energy, it was, there was so much sadness. You figure, you know, being sick, mm-hmm. being, you know, your parents got rid of you or they passed away, you know, mentally challenged, you know, your parents, they don't want to deal with you. You're a throwaway kid, mm-hmm. you know, the sadness, you know, then they, they had the happiness that was there, the loneliness, the, just all that energy just from them alone, you know, being released in that area. I could just imagine, you know, the fighting, the anger, the just everything, you know, that yeah. the depression, you know, everything's been released in that building. Sure. What do you think of this? Now, what do you think of when the kids put out that emotion? Do you think that the spirits that you're seeing are just like a fragment of energy of that emotion? In other words, I believe some of it could be. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that before where maybe these hauntings we're seeing is not actually the soul of the person, but it's that piece of energy that was released and it's manifesting itself as a little kid or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. I mean, you don't have to die at a location. Mm-hmm. You Just the energy that's being released in there. I mean, you go in a house where there's, just say the living couple are always fighting and the, the hatred. When you walk in the house, you feel that energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You could feel that just the, in the environment itself. So, you know, with all this being, you know, what happened at this place is the same thing. I mean, you have a lot of energy in there. But they are, I mean, there is some, uh, you know, I believe there's some residual spirits probably in there. And there's a, definitely intelligent ones because, mm. I mean, they'll communicate with REM pods. You'll, you'll hear voices. You hear them talking. I've heard men talking in there, like two men talking before. <laughs> People have been scratched a bit in the basement. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, actually, it just happened last week and another girl got scratched. I was actually with them. Wow. Um, so... But you got to remember, a lot of people think of scratching and biting and all that's demonic. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely not demonic. Mm -hmm. You got to remember, what what do kids with autism do? They bite, scratch, pull hair. And that's what I believe is happening. It's the way they get attention. And that's Mm -hmm. what they're used to doing. So I think that's what's happening down. That happens in the basement a lot. Mm. So, but... uh, Have you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Have you found any... Anything in the house like that maybe was undiscovered before? Like, have you found any letters or trinkets mm-hmm. or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I found uh, letters, uh, pen pal letters in the basement. Oh, cool. Uh, that they were writing to them. I found some Christmas cards that they were like drawing out. They they, they were sitting under a shelf. Uh, the weirdest thing I found, actually, two weird things. Mm-hmm. I actually found a mausoleum plaque. Uh, for Mary Tilson, which was, uh, which I did some research, was Mrs. Kindred's uh, mother, mm-hmm. which Mrs. Kindred was the lady that took care of the kids. Okay. Uh, um, so I got that in there. And then I also found a wooden planchet from a Ouija board. Oh. A handmade one. Really? Hmm. Wow. Yep. That Go had ahead. been there for a long time? Or do you think that was something somebody brought in? No, it's been there for a long time okay. because nobody was in there. Um, I found that when I purchased the home and um, so what happened was I had uh, I don't know if you guys read some of the posts but I had Nick Groff there Mm -hmm. he was filming Death Walker Mm -hmm. and uh, he took some pictures of the planchet and so uh, sent it to uh, the gentleman that owns like the Ouija Museum out in uh, Massachusetts I Mm -hmm. believe it is Mm -hmm. and he said it was from the 50s maybe 60s but it is definitely handmade do you still have it in there Yes, I, oh, okay. yeah, I still have it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. It's on display. Now, 
after you purchase this home, the home, then um, how soon after you purchased it, purchased it, purchased, I cannot talk <laughs> today, purchased <laughs> it, did you move in? Or did I never you? moved in. Oh, you never, you never did never then? Did nope. Okay. okay. Nope. All right. I uh, oh, I still live in my other house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way: the house I'm in now, mm-hmm. you can take this house and put it in the living room and dining room <laughs> of that house. Oh my gosh! All right? And that's why I wanted a bigger home because mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, yeah. like I said, I collect some weird stuff and I want to display it. But yeah, um, yeah I never moved in. Oh. Um, right you... now, I just uh, I have it open for paranormal investigations. If people want to come out and check it out. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I'm trying to build a story, and then all the money I get from doing that, I put into the home. Okay. Um, I'm gonna remodel it. It needs some work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, you can move into it. It's not like uh, all tore up. It's like some places you go to, the walls are falling down and yeah. stuff. It has nothing like that. You know, it's got heat in there. It's got water. Um, it's got bathrooms. Everything works. It's just it needs remodeling. There's mm-hmm. the, the bathroom looks like you just stepped back into the seventies. <laughs> It's so called it's like retro, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, but the activity is just unbelievable in the house. Yeah. I was reading yeah. some of the reviews and uh, you know from different people that have investigated and I it's like if you want to find a place to investigate and you want some activity, that's where to go. Yeah, you know, it, it has its moments. Mm-hmm. Um I was there one time and it was quiet i mean just like anywhere else you go i really didn't hear anything see anything but then there's days it just gets really active um it's a hit or miss but uh it comes in pockets um everything happens in pockets like i know daisy's room where i believe she passed away in gets really active there's a rocking chair in there i i some there was a team there they had an edi sitting on it and got thrown off of there oh wow yeah and they they caught that on video um rem pods go crazy over there those cat balls everybody's using now are yeah. go, go nuts in there. The upstairs, um, I usually lay out like a laser grid. And you know how you're familiar with the laser grid, how it mm-hmm. tracks hot and cold signatures? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, if you watch it, you'll see like the blue dots show up. And then as it tracks it, like a piece of equipment will go off, like a, like an EMF bear or something will light up. So and you'll hear walking around up there. So it's it's got its moments. Mm-hmm. I always thought about that about you hear footsteps and it just it's so bizarre that to think that something like that has to make noise for us to hear it Mm -hmm. but it's like (laughs) obviously spirits don't have weight but is that energy that it's the noise we hear the actual footsteps moving the boards or is it just a residual sound in the air you know i mean Obviously, we don't know because right. it, could it could be, be bad. Yeah. yeah. It's like you know, one of the investigators that I know, they heard a bang in one of their investigations, and mm-hmm. the girl's glasses broke at the same time. And I was like, okay. Wow. Did like, the glasses yeah. break? Was the noise caused by an energy pulse coming through the room to where it hit the mm-hmm. pulse hit the wall? Or, you know, and, and did it break her glasses? Or did the the ghost physically move that board, but her glasses got broke? Yeah, they and shattered. It's, it's like, like an, it was like a sonic wow. boom almost. That's what I was thinking. You know, it's like there are these sounds. Yeah, these sounds that we hear in these houses, like footsteps and boards cracking and stuff. Is it caused by the spirit's energy moving, or is the spirit actually moving the board itself by like a footstep? You know, it's it's one of the right. questions that we can never figure out. Yeah. 
Right. And I I don't think it's it's going to be a while till we figure things out. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of unanswered questions in the paranormal field. And, you know, something like that. I mean, that's some powerful energy. Yeah. You know, something must have just blew through there so fast that it could have been energy that did that. Yeah. You know, some sort of energy. Mm-hmm. I know when we when um, Heather and I, we were in the house investigating it, you know, like about a couple of weeks after I got it. And we were sitting there, and I asked them to knock. So I, I, you know, I knocked on the hardwood floor, and we sat there for about, I don't know, three to five minutes, and all of a sudden it was like, boom, boom, and I, <laughs> I swore I ducked. I thought somebody shot a gun off. Oh, and I'm like, what the hell was that? And I yeah. stood up, and she's like, I want to leave. I want to leave. I was, <laughs> it it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Because I was not expecting something like that. Yeah, not that long. I don't know what it was till this day. I, I have no clue. I, I mean, it sounded like it came from the house, mm-hmm. but it, it was loud. Wow. You know, and it it, it, it kind of shook me up a little bit. Yeah, thinking about, <clears throat> you know, when a spirit enters this realm, it, could it cause like a sonic boom like that? Yeah, you know, I mean. like, we don't like, know. You know, like, I right. had stuff in my house where it's just all of a sudden it was just this is like giant loud bang can't figure it out it's not the normal you know the walls expanding or it's like mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get that weird feeling <laughs> like oh my god somebody's standing there or you know like the hair stand up or your goose flesh comes mm-hmm. out you know right. know. or like I know how you feel trust me <laughs> I was sitting here and I heard what to me sounded like a, somebody rustling or rustling paper in the other room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know there's nothing over there. The cats are outside, you know? And, uh, right. But stuff like that, Just where you hear strange, noise, yeah. <laughs> you hear strange noises like that. And the first thing I think of is how was that made? You know, not, yeah, not thinking I, what made it, but how. The, right. What's the most powerful thing in the world? Energy. Energy. energy yeah. Yeah. Energy cannot be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Right? It could only be released. And my theory is anything like that, well, if they use their energy, they could move things. And I think spirits might have to learn how to do that. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I don't think it comes instantly. I mm-hmm. think it's something you maybe in the spirit realm you have to learn. I don't, you know, we're not there, so we can't, you know, we don't know for sure. But, you know, energy is the most strongest thing in the world. So, I think what spirits can use that to manipulate things, to be able to move things, slam things, make noises, scratch, bite, or whatever it is. I think that scratches are, like you said, they're not always demonic. And no, it might even be just them trying to touch the person and their energy is like almost like burns. Like a laser? Right. Something like that, right. yeah. You know, obviously, like we keep saying, we don't know, but... Because I know that our friend Sarah, you were at an investigation with Sarah, mm-hmm. and you could physically see the, the scratches up here. Mm. They were going right up her arm, and it was mm-hmm. like this creepiest thing. I'm like, oh, my word, right? <laughs> like, wow. it's just something that you don't experience yeah. all the time, but when you see it happening right in front of your eyes, you're like, how do you process that? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like you seeing, you know, the what you think is a small boy standing at the wherever top of the stairs or wherever you saw him. Mm-hmm. It's like your brain just like, did I really just <laughs> see that? <laughs> like, right. And then it happens. Yeah, you're trying to process that, you know, yeah. you're like, is that really happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I went into, um, 
a consignment shop just like three mm-hmm. days ago. And I turned the corner and I swore I saw somebody kneeling on the ground and I looked and I looked down again and there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did I really just see that? Or, you know, like, okay, you start thinking, okay, am I just stressed out or am I imagining <laughs> things or, you know, just having a flash, but who's to say that's, that's not a, a, a true experience yeah. of like you seeing mm-hmm. somebody there and then they're mm-hmm. gone. I don't know. Yeah, their energy right. their energy is so it. strong that they can physically appear to somebody. Yeah. And they you know, and sometimes it could be where they're just going through that transfer through the portal, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, where you're capturing that image, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I believe spirits they they there's different planes that they're on and each plane has its own level is what I'm thinking and and maybe that's just when we see them they're actually going through that transfer somehow yeah or you know maybe they are trying to manifest and Mm -hmm. and trying to show themselves to you and and maybe the energy is just so strong that it just comes out as like that big bang or blip (laughs) or you know sometimes a flash of light yeah we've seen that a lot i mean i know you've seen it too where all of a sudden you'll see i don't want to say orb but a flash of light in a haunted location that just you're like wait a minute what was that you know, mm-hmm. one of the locations Absolutely. that we were in together is the uh, old St. Joseph's Hospital. Did you say, okay. you know, that was a location where I've seen lights mm. just out of the blue, just or not blue lights, but out of the blue, just a light appearing in front of you. You know, it's it's and no light knows. source. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Now, you mentioned that's pretty cool though, to experience things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the original owner of the house. I know that you said he didn't die in the house or that, but do you know if his spirit ever appears in the house? You know, I don't know. I, I know. So when I, when I had this house for about a month, I was cutting grass outside and this, these two boys pulled up on their bikes and they were probably like 14 years old. And like, they asked me if I lived there and I said, not yet. You know, I'm just, just got it and kind of taking care of it and all that. They're like, well, they they go, sir. There's a smoky looking man looking out the window upstairs. Oh, okay. Oh my God. And I'm, and I'm like, can you say that again? And they're like, there's a smoky looking man that looks at us out that window up there, and they're pointing at this window. And I'm thinking, all right, it's just an imagination, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. And I go, I, I I was just playing it off. I go, I don't I don't think there's any ghosts here. And they're like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. Just had a little conversation with them, and then they took off. Well, it was really weird. Was there's a gentleman that's a paranormal investigator that moved in the area. And on my instant message, I get this message. He's like, hey, are you home? I go, well, yeah, I'm at home. He goes, are you at your new home? I go, no, I'm at my old home watching TV. Why, what's up? He goes, and he's sending me pictures of the window. Okay. He goes, there's a guy. He goes, I seen a guy looking out your window. And he's trying to snap photos of it. Oh, that's because awesome. Because I seen the curtain move. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Here we sure. go. So... What was really strange was um, when Nick Groff was filming there, um, that first day he was doing B-roll. And I pulled up after work. I came there after work, and I didn't think he was going to be there. I thought they were just going to do B-roll, and I was going to take the people around the house just to make sure they know what they're looking at or where to go. Well, Nick Groff was standing outside, so I started talking to him a little bit, and I go, hey, let me give you a quick tour. And when I took him upstairs, he what? when we went down that hallway, he turned – he turned right into this little it's like a pantry up there where they where they have like the cabinets and stuff in the wall mm-hmm. 
And he goes, this area is really weird. I go, Nick, that's where that guy stands and looks out the window. He actually just walked right in there and said it was feeling really weird in wow. there. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was that. I believe, I I believe it's clearance. That's because he passed away in a home. But okay. you know, I haven't confirmed that. But I've heard like two male voices talking upstairs, like a mumbling talk. Right. Um. So. It's a, I don't that one I'm not sure of which which if it's Beal or if it's uh, Clarence or if it's some other male mm-hmm. spirit there. Yeah. How was that process of them um, coming in and, and filming? Did that how about how long did it take them to um, you know from start to finish? Was it like a week, two weeks, a day? Uh, to film. Mm-hmm. It took them uh, three days over there. Oh okay. okay. That's yeah, cool. the first day they came in, they did a lot of B-roll shots. And then uh, I think he did a, a, like an investigation up there. And then the next day they brought in a crew. I don't know if you guys know Austin Maynard. I probably uh, yeah, do. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, he runs, yeah. He, he runs a lot of uh, uh, some of the places down south, mm-hmm. like uh, the, uh, what is it, the Bryan Jail. And, Does he um, have the Octagon House? No, okay. no. He oh. It's more in the Ohio area. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he runs several places. Um, under his his group is like the Underground Network, Paranormal Network. Oh yes, 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 yes. I've heard that. Okay, and uh, well, he was working with Nick, and um, and they came in and they did it. I guess with this season, Nick would do um, certain projects and and things totally different from the paranormal each location. And uh, here they did. I'm not sure because I. You know, they really didn't tell me much, but supposedly they did some kind of session with this radio thing, and and they said they got really good results. Oh. And uh, but I haven't seen the episode myself, okay. so I have to wait just like everybody else. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the weird thing too, is because I mean, even if you're on location watching them film, the final video doesn't look anything like it. You're like, wait a minute, that didn't happen in that order. Well, wait, no, that doesn't. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they they so switch cool. things around and stuff, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, Nick was uh, he was very professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, I watched some of the series; it's it's really good, and hopefully, it succeeds for him. Yeah, yeah. I I was gonna what was I gonna ask? Oh, I don't know. Um, I had a really good question. Oh. No, I can't remember. It. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm probably, okay. probably blabbing too much. No, it's all right. <laughs> it's um, oh, I know what I was gonna ask. This is just kind of like mm-hmm. rabbit hole type thing, but. Is um is the I notice it's a stone porch. Is mm-hmm. it, do you know what the like kind of the construction of like what materials like maybe it's made of? Is it is it like any sure. quartz or limestone? It's limestone. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. I had a feeling the whole base, the whole basement and the porch is made out of limestone. I had a feeling. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if it, it's yeah. most likely it's all local source. Yeah, for sure. You know, like back then yeah, they yeah. would just take. I'm not sure where they would have got that from, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, it could have been all local stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely limestone. And, have, but it, what's that? Have you um? Okay, I'm just getting this weird feeling. But have you used a metal detector in the yard at all? No, I haven't yet. Mm-mm. Well, I have one that if you need to borrow it. <laughs> but I think you need to. Because I'm getting this weird feeling like you need to, something's telling me you need to metal detect in the yard. You might find something. That'd be cool to find yeah. something neat, you know, something historic or yeah. something like that. Yeah, for sure. Huh. 
It's interesting. I, I know a... uh, when I purchased the place, I was <laughs> I was walking around on the outside and seeing this piece of plywood. And when I first looked at the house, I never even thought about it. I thought it was just a piece of plywood that fell off of something and was laying in the grass. So when I purchased it, I lifted it up and the whole well, the actual well is just sitting there. Wow. I mean, literally, if a kid would have picked it up yeah. and moved that board and somebody ran by, they were going about 10 feet down into the what? ground. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So I, I, don't, I believe the land hasn't been touched that much. So I'm sure there's probably some stuff laying around mm-hmm. out there. Huh, that's interesting. And if we get down you, that way, I'll bring my metal detector down. The whole, yeah, that whole area... <laughs> had so much history and my latest thing is i'm studying about the native americans and the mound builders and you know the native american um, burial mounds all over the state and all that and that whole area in fremont is really an active place where the native americans used to gather so who knows what was on that land before you know i'm talking not the 1800s i'm talking way back Mm -hmm. you know thousands of years ago and Fremont itself is not a flat land. I know there's some hills in there. And it's it made me think, because I know a friend of mine used to live there. And to get to her house, you had to drive in this new neighborhood. And there was just like a little driveway. You pull in there and you go back and her house was up on top of a hill. And it was so bizarre because it was, it was the silo of like a barn or something that they turned into her house. Oh, wow. And it's on a giant mound. Oh. It could be natural, could, and oh wow, I'm yeah, sure it's natural. But I mean, it made me think. I wonder if this is a Indian burial mound <laughs> that her house was built on. But you never all know. that area, and with the uh, President Hayes's house too, all the different energy that has gone through that location. He had parties mm-hmm. there. He had you know guests there. Mm-hmm. You never know what went on in that whole neighborhood, and the, all the houses in that neighborhood are big and beautiful. So the whole neighborhood could be full of ghosts. And which one of those oh, houses was the funeral home at yeah, one time, there's right? there's always a funeral home. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because, um, so when I did a lot of the research on the house itself, when I started figuring out, hey, there are probably spirits here. I want to know more about it. I, uh, when I was doing, I, if you go out, ever go on like on newspapers.com, mm-hmm. man, you could find all kinds of good stuff on there. And uh, so I started researching the house on there and I, found out that they did have wakes at this house oh, there's a there's an article wow. their daughter-in-law died in uh texas and they brought her up and they had their viewing and funeral there at the home the house if you look it up you'll find all these stories about parties there the the wolf family would have hmm. there was it was like the party house i guess and it actually made newspaper articles out of it <laughs> oh, so they cool. they were pretty prominent people in the area i mean mm-hmm. he owned a granary and stuff so you know, they had a lot of people that came over and the historian told me that being that popular back then, if you had friends that couldn't afford um, having wakes or funerals, mm-hmm. they would let you borrow their homes. And they probably had several there, oh, you know, yeah. people that couldn't afford it. And yeah. uh, they would let them allow them to do that at their homes. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. So cool. But yeah, this this place was definitely a party home at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. You know, any type of prominent home, people are wanting to showcase it and, mm-hmm. you know, have the room to have everybody over. So that's another thing, you know, like maybe put some like party atmosphere music on and <laughs> that might spark some of the uh, 
Well, the spirits be like, it's party it's, time, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because New Year's Eve is when I seen that little shadow mm, figure upstairs. Yeah. And we had a party downstairs, you know, that just a little while ago. So, you know, we we're watching the Ohio State game. Everybody yeah. was cheering and screaming and yelling. So all the energy is being released all at the same yeah. time then, too, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that night is when we actually seen that. And so kind cool. of creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just on a side note. I know, you know, we investigated at um, Moundsville. Joe was talking about the mounds in Ohio. And I just wanted to say that place was one of the creepiest places <laughs> that I have ever, ever been to. <laughs> Moundsville? Yes. And, yeah, uh, it's got its moments. Oh, my gosh. I uh, had this really incredible thing happen there. And um, I went and stood in front. You know how there's like two rows of cells on, and they're like kind of mirrored like on each side? Mm-hmm. Like, I stood in front of one and it, and I was asking um, with the uh, SB7, I was like, tell me the number of the cell. And something came across and said 13. And I was standing in front of the cell 13. So I we went mm. around to the other side and they asked the same question and it growled at me and it said 13. <laughs> I was like, no oh kidding. my God. Yeah. So that was crazy. I don't know if you had, you know, I know you were in that place. Uh, and the, remember the bats? The bats were so oh, big. Yeah. <laughs> Standing oh, in the doorway. That, and the number one thing I'm petrified of yeah. is bats. Oh, and God. I'll tell you what. I, <laughs> I had the most frightening experience. We went to Brushy Mountain Prison. Oh, and okay. And there was a group that was downstairs in the death row. Mm -hmm. And they came up. They're like, oh, we just saw Shadow Man. I'm like, well, I want to go check this out, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm walking down the stairs. And Heather, my girlfriend, was upstairs, like on top of the stairs. She's like, hey, my battery died. And I turn around. I'm like, what? And she's like, my bat." And I heard something. And I looked and a bat landed on my arm. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. I about had a heart attack. <laughs> I hit it off my arm. And I could still, till this day, feel that texture. <gasps> and, oh, and I was like, I am petrified of that. <laughs> now, so, I always... I always he was just people, trying to give you a hug. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want one. I was telling people about me standing in the doorway from the going out to the yard there and the bats flying in the doorway right above my head. And I always no. told people, I said, don't worry, they never touch you. And then you tell me this story. <laughs> oh, they touch you. This one landed, literally landed on my arm. Oh, my God. And it, it, like, it happened so quick that I had like Superman reflexes. Yeah. And I seen him hit the ground, and then he took off. Aww. I could tell you right now, I never went down there. <laughs> that was the end of my night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Joe oh, I... yeah, I, I can't handle bats. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind them outside flying around. Go for it, man. But, yeah, and it comes at a small location or when you're stuck in a building with them. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not all for that. Yeah, it's. I just had to point that out because that that place was really <laughs> really cool, but very creepy and yep. I yeah I don't know I I you know what it's weird because I got a lot of vibes in there but I got a lot more vibes around the mound across yeah. the street. Right. And you know I, I've been to Moundsville like three or four times and you know I, I remember one time it was really active. It just again it's just it's a hit or miss just yeah. like anywhere else you mm -hmm. go and and uh. You know, a lot of people, you know, they get into the field, expect a lot of things to happen just on the first investigation. Sure. 
And, you know, because we do some charity events and, you know, you get amateurs that come in and mm-hmm. I try to explain to them, you know, don't let this bring you down. You know, it's it takes time and mm-hmm. you're not going to see spirits come flying out of walls and like Casper like, or anything like that. You know? <laughs> you're right. Here I am. I'm here. You know, <laughs> take a picture of me. I'm standing right here. Right, right. But, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. And. You know, I tell them not to get discouraged, to keep going, and eventually they'll find what they're looking for, you know. But just like anywhere else you go, you could go to some of the most haunted places in the world, and I've heard people go there and not get anything, you know. It just all depends. Yeah. They they see all the TV shows, and they think that everything's Mm going to happen in 45 minutes. Right. (laughs) It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that, right? Right. (laughs) I mean, how many hours and hours and hours did you spend in a dark, damp, dirty, moldy (laughs) building waiting for one little blip, and then you're like, oh, my God, I got one EVP. And on the opposite side. that one EVP that you're looking for. True, true. You'd be like, oh, my gosh, it said my name. (laughs) Yeah, now that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's awesome, you know. That's well worth it, you know. Yeah. I remember I bought a, I bought a thermal imaging camera, okay. and back before you could stick them on a cell phones for two hundred bucks, I paid four grand for mine. Oh yeah. my gosh! And, uh, yeah. So I had it like on ten investigations, and never got nothing. I'm like, man, what a waste of four grand this thing <laughs> is, you know. And I remember we were at the Eagles Building in Lorain, Ohio, <clears throat> and I was standing there, and I seen the spirit rise up on that thermal walk across that screen. And oh, to me, that thermal just paid for itself yeah. because I know there was only two people in this building. There was nobody else in there. The building was locked and we ran after it. And it's in a second story. The only thing it could go through is a brick wall. And, you know, to see that it was just to me was well worth it because like that's my holy grail mm-hmm. of, you know, evidence that mm-hmm. I've ever captured. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, isn't it strange that, I, I don't know, and maybe we're just biased because we're from Ohio, but it just seems like Ohio is so haunted. Like, there's just mm-hmm. so much mix of all different types of, you know, not just ghosts, but, you know, cryptids and, and other types of elementals and that. But it just seems like there's such rich history just in Ohio. And you know, we're lucky too that we still have some of these older homes, like mm-hmm. to be able to purchase like the house, like, the, the Beale house, you know, cause everything's just being torn down to make way for modern stuff and to have the opportunity to preserve an, a beautiful house full of carved wood or, mm-hmm. or you know, um, unpainted carved right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's, that's pretty lucky. That's pretty special. Yeah. And that's you the know, thing too about, when people go to houses like this and they think, well, we got to pay to ghost hunt. It's like the money goes back into the house. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, it, you know, and let me tell you this, the upkeep of them mm-hmm. is not cheap. I yeah. mean, um, you know, I didn't realize that going to places are like, man, 200 bucks to investigate here. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh my God. But man, the heat bill, the water bill, mm-hmm. the sewer bill, uh, the maintenance, I mean, you know, the roof on the garage alone cost me two grand. Mm-hmm. And that was just putting metal roof on top of it. I mean, I had to fix the concrete. That was another 1200 bucks. I mean, it, it's the maintenance of them. You know, you now that I actually own a place like this, I start to realize, you know, it costs money to run them. Be honest with you, I don't make anything uh, charging off of, you know, investigations. 
You know, I got a mortgage to pay. I yeah. got insurance is very expensive because mm-hmm. it's such a big place. And people just don't realize what adds up, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's very, very expensive to run these places and just to keep them, you know. Yeah. And so you learn real quick when you own one, you're like, damn, I guess 200 bucks wasn't that right. deal, you know, <laughs> because, man, this is starting to cost a lot of money, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're saying about uh, Ohio haunted places. You know, doing this, I've got to meet some really cool people from all over the United States. I have people from Iowa come here. I had people from Illinois, St. Louis, and they told me, all of them say that Ohio to them is one of the most haunted places Uh, and it's got some of the coolest locations around. Yeah, for sure. We're special. Sorry, I sound a little froggy, but I don't know if I'm catching a cold or what. Ah, sorry. No, I'm just... Yeah, it is. It's just, it is such a unique place because, you know, we have so much of the long-term history and the type of, um, you know, we have the salt, salt mines. We were built on limestone. There's a lot of quartz. So you have those natural elements that could have the possibility of housing and keeping and storing, mm-hmm. you know, that type of energy that, that could result in hauntings. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right on that. Yeah, for sure. So that's the nice thing about Ohio. I mean, there's so many cool places and mm-hmm. you know, you have that Madison Seminary and yeah. Fairfield Infirmary and I mean there's just a lot of cool places out there. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And you know, sometimes it's just your own home too, right? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, right, right. Sometimes you buy but, a old yeah, home with a nice it, big porch that you're gonna sit on for the rest of your life right? and just relax and <laughs> Turns out to be one of the most haunted places in Ohio. Well, you know, I could live on the porch. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that won't bother me none. Like every summer, yeah. we're having porch parties. We're just going to come out yeah. and just hang out with my metal detector. No. <laughs> Don't go stay in the house. Just stay on the porch. Right, yeah. Right. All right. Well, you know, we really, really appreciate you coming and, and being on the podcast and sharing about your awesome location. So if anybody wanted to check it out, where would they go to? Uh, right now, I got a Facebook page. You can look up the Haunted Beale Manor. Uh, give it a like, share it, you know, support us. Mm-hmm. And then I did start, I'm going to be opening up a website at hauntedbeale.com. Uh, yeah, the hauntedbeale.com. Mm-hmm. And then it's not up yet, but it's going to be up soon. Okay. Great. Great. We'll definitely post that on the page mm-hmm. and, and um, share all the links in the bio. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And it was great seeing you yes, and great hearing to catch from up. you again. Wish and you all the best. We'll definitely catch you, catch up sooner than later. Yeah, for we, sure. It's been way too long. We'll be uh, tooling around Ohio this summer. We'll stop by. And, and if you see some awesome. weird guy walking back and forth in front of the house going, <laughs> metal, uh, with a metal detector. Right. He'll be like, Joe, get away from the <laughs> house. He's got a, a K2 <laughs> in one hand and the metal detector and a REM pot up his butt. <laughs> hey, you'll never know what you're going to come up with. That's, that's right, that's sure. right. Well, great. Well, you know, wish you the best. And if you ever, you know, have any really cool uh, stories, come on back and we'll we'll share them. Awesome. And, and we'll definitely well, see you, you at the convention. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. Yes, thank we you. Appreciate you. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, everybody, we want to thank you once again for joining us this week into our journey of the 222 Paranormal Podcast. Yes, and I have a favor to ask. Please go up on YouTube and click subscribe on our YouTube channel. We are working on getting to at least 1,500 
subscribers. Yes, you can do it. It doesn't cost you anything. You just got to click a button. Click a button. Hit that notification bell so you're notified every time we have a new video come out. I am going to be posting a lot of videos coming up. And uh, just uh, help us out there. Click that subscribe button. Even on the podcast, wherever you're listening to your podcast from, please hit that subscribe or follow button. On YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out, and it makes me happy. And everybody knows Joe needs to be happy. Yes, I need happy. (laughs) (laughs) Happy, happy, happy time. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye.